Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. For this week's episode, Todd and I discuss our church's second distinctive, prayer is indispensable. We work through what we mean by this and why it matters for our health and our mission as a local church. As always, the purpose of our church's podcast is to encourage and cultivate real-life conversations. So please use this week's discussion as a springboard to growing in your own prayer life and helping one another grow in valuing prayer together as GBC. Gresham Bible Church. On this week's podcast, we're going to continue our discussion about our church's distinctives and kind of the whole cutting room floor idea. So over this last summer, we've gone through a sermon series on our church's distinctive, and we just kind of wanted to um, have an opportunity on the podcast just to talk it through a little bit more. So we hope these episodes are helpful uh, to that end. So today we're going to talk about prayer is indispensable. And at the risk of this being clunky and awkward, although that's what it is, Let's start the conversation by Todd, Jordan, what is something in your life that is indispensable, so absolutely necessary, or what would your wife say is something for you that's absolutely necessary? Whoever wants to go funny, serious, your call. I think I would say, and my wife would say to whatever cable package has access to the Portland Trailblazers. When we lived in Kansas City for seven years, I bought the NBA uh, League Pass just so I could watch Trailblazer games in Kansas City, you know, two hours ahead of time. So I would often be starting a game at nine o'clock that ends at 1230 or whatever, but I, I had to do it. I had to follow them. And so she's, she's learned that's indispensable. Love it. I respect how dedicated you are as a Trailblazer fan. Out of curiosity, was that a discussion like in your pre-marriage counseling and stuff? Um, I don't think we had to discuss it. I think it had already been pretty well <laughs> established. established of, yeah, for 14 months of dating before we got engaged or whatever was like, okay, he really cares about yeah. this a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did tell her when we moved there, hey, just so you know, this is going to be an additional cost that we have every year is I have to buy NBA League Pass. And she's like, <laughs> okay, if you have to do it. Okay. Todd, how about for you? Man, I don't know. That's okay. I, I, I don't know. I probably the obvious answer would be books for our family yeah for me we decorate in books my office <laughs> is just books um maybe that just makes us really boring and nerdy but uh, i think that's awesome it's a good answer that's all i can think of yeah yeah what about you um i had a hard time thinking of the answer to my own question before i posed <laughs> it as well uh but i came back to sports too so carrie knows my kids know maybe this is healthy maybe this is unhealthy i don't know but something that i just thoroughly enjoy and find a healthy outlet is being a sports fan so is it indispensable i guess no but is it something i love uh yes i could give some other answers on things but i think uh that's the one that comes to mind i thought so, you were say taco tuesdays well yeah i mean <laughs> yes 100 percent. yes like oxygen yes <laughs> right. tacos yeah yeah all right well for this week we want to talk about um what's listed as our second distinctive 
uh, and that is that prayer is indispensable. So by that, we mean we are a church that prays because we depend on God. Prayer is our shameless admission that we can do nothing without him. Therefore, prayer is not merely a transition point in our lives and activities, nor is it the cherry on top. Prayer is the beginning, middle, and end of our work. If we desire for God to work in ways that cannot be merely attributed to our efforts, then we must be a people on our knees. And as you see, if you go to our website, uh, we um, support that because our distinctives are firmly grounded in Scripture from Ephesians 6, James 5.13, and 1 John chapter 5. So when you guys hear prayer is indispensable, like how would you help someone... um, kind of digest that a little bit, right? Like why is prayer indispensable in the life of a Christian and the life of the local church? Just what are some things that come to mind? We'll bounce that around together and we'll, we'll use that as a jumping off point. Why is prayer indispensable? Well, I think as Christians, uh, we are, we're saved by grace. We understand that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. We understand that God is creator, uh, that we owe everything to him in every conceivable way. And, and in God's wisdom, I guess, uh, one of the ways, probably the primary way that we express that dependence day by day, uh, is, is through prayer. Um, he he commands it. There's a lot of mystery there. He delights in answering prayer. Again, there, there's mystery there, but but what is what is absolutely certain is that God wants us to pray, and and prayer more than anything else, I think, is an expression of our dependence upon mm-hmm. uh, upon the mm-hmm. Lord. So maybe that's a good starting and, um, point. Well, I said. Yeah. well said. Yeah, Jordan. Anything else come to mind for you? Yeah, I mean, if prayer in the simplest explanation is talking to God, talking to our creator and our savior. Seems like that would be kind of an indispensable necessary thing to do slash why wouldn't we if we have a an almighty holy God and yet he commands and desires and wants us to talk to him, yeah. which is pretty different than how other religions, how their deities work, mm. um, where, you know, you have to do certain things to go before Zeus in the temple or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. And it's like, nope, you can just talk to God while you're driving your car and, or before you go to bed or, you know, whatever, like he's always available. It hundred, hundred percent access 24 hours a day. We don't have to go to a priest to mediate for us. Like, I think that's pretty cool that that's something, I think it shows God's heart in that of his desire to be reconciled to us that also like, just talk to me and, yeah. Why would we not, if we talk to each other about our problems and the things we're struggling with, why would we not go to the creator of all things who has power over all things? Mm-hmm. Makes sense to do that. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Yeah. In the sermon, we looked at Ephesians six and talked about, you know, the spiritual armor, probably a lot of us that grew up in the church memorized that maybe at VBS or youth group or whatever. Right. And we focused on the dynamics in that text in Ephesians set in Ephesians six is um, the call to prayer, like is the battle for the believer. So it's not just like something you aspire to, or just for the super varsity Christian, <laughs> It's for all of us. Um, prayer is 
true ministry. So it, when we say in our distinctive, it's indispensable, we're not just throwing that around because it sounds good. That captures a, a biblical truth. So um, there's lots of places we could go. Todd, I appreciate what you said. Prayer is mysterious. There's no way it's not. We're not mm-hmm. going to speak to everything um, here in this conversation. But maybe we before we talk it through more, at least how my mind works, sometimes I think it's helpful to address certain misconceptions to get those more clarified before you mm-hmm. um, better mm-hmm. understand something. So for me, uh, a misconception I've had to work through in my life in prayer, and I'm sure I'm not alone, is, okay, if God is sovereign and he is, he is mm-hmm. the king of the universe, he is on the throne, why do I need to pray? Mm-hmm. Like, right? So could you help us? You shared some things with me. You know, what? how would you counsel someone um, with that potential question or what feels like attention? If God is sovereign... Why do we pray? Yeah. Well, the first thing, just to go back to what I said before, is that God commands it. And Amen. and so if if there's no other reason <laughs> if to pray, it's because God commands it. And yeah. that's good enough for us as creatures, Amen. right? Um, but sometimes our theology can get in the way of simple obedience, mm-hmm. right? And uh, God is all wise and he is a master creator there's no goofiness to his system and so i would i would say this just generally if if your theology gets in the way of you obeying clear-cut commands then you need to rethink your theology yeah um amen so so god commands us to pray and so we pray but we also pray uh with with hope and and urgency uh, beyond just simple flat unthinking obedience mm-hmm. that that there's something that is going on that, that that there's a reason why we pray and it's more than just God is the divine lord who by fiat has commanded his his puny subjects to to yeah. talk to him um and 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 that's where some of the questions arise because if God is sovereign and, and th- that is he's he he's the king the governor who who can uh, there's authority and control involved in that and different theological systems have different levels of that control but but every system that is even remotely orthodox affirms god is sovereign Mm -hmm. um and then on top of that there's god is omniscient he knows all things that can possibly be known past present and future he knows meticulously the future as well as the past and the present and that would include the things that we're going to pray and and even the scriptures tell us flat out god knows what we need before we pray right. mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> right? yes. uh, so is he dependent on us so there's all sorts of really bad reasons why we would pray uh, I, you know, God is lonely. God needs our companionship mm, or relationship. Mm-hmm. God needs us to inform Him of 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 how things are down here. Right? Th- those th- those are blasphemous mm-hmm. falsehoods. Amen. Right? Um. So 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 then we get in a quandary because when when I'm talking with you, uh, 
those are some of the reasons why why you might want to respond to me, right? We, we, we have a need for relationship. We know that communication is healthy for for that. And we're, we're both humans. <laughs> uh, there's things I know that you don't and there's things you know that I don't. And so we actually inform each other when mm-hmm. we're talking and that's yeah. really, really helpful. None of those things apply to God. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> None of them apply to God. And so, so every analogy of why we communicate with God that is rooted somehow in, well, it's kind of like this by analogy with us, it's going to break down really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if, if God knows what we're going to pray and he knows what we need and, and in some systems, and I would say I'm, I'm pretty reformed in my view, mm-hmm. I would say that God is meticulously sovereign. God's even like directing our prayers. What, what, what is going on there? Um, again, he commands it. And so we do it. For sure. It, here, here are some ideas that I've come up with, um, I think, from the scriptures. One is that prayer is an ordained means by which God accomplishes his will. For some reason, God is, God is going to do what he's going to do. But for some reason, he wants to involve us in the doing of that thing that mm-hmm. he fully intends to do. Um, and prayer is often one of those ordained means. There's a couple instances in the scriptures where God commands someone to pray for someone else so that he can do what he intends to do. Uh, Abraham and Abimelech, I think, is is a good example of this. Abimelech takes Sarah. He does so. I mean, it's kind of a creepy power move to bring him into, bring yeah. her into his harem, but still he did it a to some degree for he, he's, he, he's, he's kind of blameless in it. This is what Kings did. Um, he didn't know that she was married right. and he had been deceived by, by Abraham. And, and so the Lord warns him in a dream, don't touch her. She's married to a person that's very important to me. And, and Abimelech goes, man, what the heck? <laughs> I had no idea. He lied to me. God says, yeah, I know you. That's, that's why I'm coming to you now. I, I, protected you. And then he says, now go to Abraham. He's a prophet and he'll pray for you and I will heal you. God had like shut all the wombs in the region and, you know, and he'll, he'll bring healing to you. And, and if I'm a Bimlach, I'm like, well, why don't you just do it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, why don't you just do it? Why, why do I need to go to Abraham to ask him to pray to you to heal me. What, what's what's up with that? But nevertheless, that was the plan that God wanted Abimelech to go to Abraham and say, "Would you, would you pray to God for my healing?" And then Abraham would pray to God for the healing of Abimelech, and then God would do what we know He fully intended to do. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing happens with Job and his friends as well. Job's instructed to pray for his friends, uh, and so that God will forgive them, basically, or, or something along those lines. And so, so th- those are two examples where, again, if, if I'm involved in it, I'm, I'm thinking, well, why the middleman? Why You just yeah. told me what you want to do. Just do it. But God wanted people to pray. Why? I, I'm not sure, but I can conclude, though, that at least or in those two instances, and I think that it works mm-hmm. really well for other things as well, that's the means through which God's going to do what he totally int- fully intends to do. He, he wants us to be involved in that somehow. Um, when we pray, we're involving ourselves in God's work. Um, you know, that's that's super beneficial because because then when God answers those prayers, uh, we 
we ought to respond with thanksgiving because we see God actually responding in prayer. And, yes. and again, so th- this is another biblical truth. You might say, well, how is that actually responding? We know in the Bible that God responds to prayer. Mm-hmm. So whatever our view of God and time is, it has to allow for God legitimately responding in prayer. Does that mean he didn't know what he was going to do before? No, no, that's that's kind of off limits too. But when people pray, God answers those prayers. And that that's the biblical language. So it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we, we we pray. We see God. Res- we see God answer. We we praise God. We we uh, give thanks to God. It facilitates those kinds of things. And then another thing we find all through the Bible is that. Um, even though the, the analogies between us, like the three of us sitting here talking and saying prayer is kind of like that, that breaks down almost immediately. There is still a sense in which prayer is a means of fellowship with God. Uh, we, so there is a sense in which we can say, well, just like I have a relationship with you, I need to talk with you. So I have a relationship with God. I need to talk to God. Right now there's a creator creature distinction. That's very different than us, but still there is something very basic. And we find that in the scriptures as well, that for whatever reason, God delights in his children talking to him. Um, And I don't, I don't get that. (laughs) I, I, I mean, I get why I delight in my children coming to me. Well, maybe, maybe there is something there, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something there. I, there's probably times as parents where we want to bless our children. We're going to bless our children, mm-hmm. but we still want them to ask. And, and it's not because we, we can lord it over them right. or anything like that. It's just, there's something wonderful about someone coming to you and say, Hey dad, will yeah. you do this? And, and I, and inside I'm thinking, I was going to do it anyway, yeah. but I love that you asked. Yeah. I love that you asked. That's a good word. Maybe there's something there. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, probably the, the, the reason that um, I don't like as much as the others, but it's very true from Scripture, is, is that when I pray, God changes me. Yeah. Um, now I'm praying to change other people. Sometimes I'm praying to change myself. Actually, most of the time I probably am. But, <laughs> but, but, but prayer actually does change us. Um, and that would be sufficient reasons to pray. Mm-hmm. That's sufficient reason to pray. But it's not the only one we have to remember that. I, mm-hmm. I, there, was a, the, there was a movie on the life of C.S. Lewis where Anthony Hopkins played C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he was praying for his wife, was it Joy Davidson, I think, to, mm-hmm. she had cancer. And, 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 um, and one of his skeptic friends came to C.S. Lewis and said, um, and said, hey, how's your wife doing and all this? Well, n- not well. And he says, and, but C.S. Lewis says, but I pray. Hmm. Every day I pray for her. And his friend, then the friend says, and yet nothing changes. And C.S. Lewis responds, on the contrary, I'm being changed. Now, that is a sufficient, but it's not an exhaustive. Yes. There's, <laughs> we, because... We should pray because prayer actually does change things. God does respond to our prayers. Um, he is omniscient. He knows what's going to happen, but but God answers our prayers. Um, and he always answers. Um, not, not always to our liking, 
but 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 there's where trust comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. I've talked I've talked that's plenty good. now. No, but, that's so but those helpful. Are some I mean, prayer's simple and mysterious. We all know that for those that have walked with Jesus for a while, but it feels like it's an area in all of our lives as Christians we can and should grow. So I appreciate your answers that it's not just in theory, it's even in like the day-to-day of life and suffering and just all of that. Like God's fully sovereign and we're called to pray and those things mm-hmm. aren't you know, in opposition, um, with one another, uh, one more thing just to, um, share, cause I know it's been impactful in my life. Um, just to see it happening in scripture is in, um, Philippians, uh, chapter one and in verse 19, Paul writes for, I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. So in some kind of way, not amazing through their prayers, the Philippians prayers for him and through the spirit, God's accomplishing his purposes. And how do we figure all that out? I don't know, but that's kind of missing the whole point. And so I just, I don't know. I love that you're sharing that. I think it's so helpful for us as a church to press into this. How does prayer work? Um, Because it should lead us to want to pray more. So, yeah. yeah. The question that raises that passage, what if the Philippians hadn't have prayed? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, I get, I have to conclude that whatever they were praying for would not have happened. Yep. Uh, it, yeah. Kind of choke as, as, as I say that, but. Amen, brother. Um, yeah. No, just in thinking about like the sermon series and this distinctive, um, particularly wanting us as a church to grow in this and not just saying it, but actually mm-hmm. like in our lives and together in the life in this local church family, being a people who pray because God works through the prayers of his people. And um, so I hope when people heard the sermon this summer, if you haven't, go listen to it. When you're hearing this conversation, when you're talking with friends at a community group, like how do we grow as Christians in prayer because of just how important our God commands it? He commands what's good for us. Um, Prayer helps accomplish his purposes. Like I don't see any reason why each of us and every one of us shouldn't be striving more and more to grow in our prayer life. Like, yeah. yeah, but... Um, so a part of this, uh, I just wanted to throw out there that I think is awesome. Maybe, um, someone's listening to this, maybe like you're newer in the faith as a Christian, um, prayer's awesome. Encourage you to grow in prayer, talk with others about it. Maybe you've walked with Jesus for like 40 years. Um, anywhere and everywhere in between that is the awesome reality that our savior is praying for us. And I just think that's part Mm. of the conversation about prayer that sometimes gets sidelined. Right. Mm. So I just wanted to read three quick verses and kind of bounce this around real quick. So, um, Jesus Christ is praying for you, Christian, uh, for us as his church right now. Romans 8.34 says Jesus is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. That's true for us right now. 1 John 2.1 says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And then in Hebrews chapter 7, verse mm-hmm. 25, it's talking about Jesus, and it tells us that Jesus always lives to make intercession for us. So I just want to encourage us as a church, like, If you're struggling in your prayer life, maybe you're going through a particular trial. Maybe you've been praying for a long time for something. It doesn't feel like anything's changing. Whatever that is, know that Jesus Christ, your Savior, is praying for you. And that can't not like impact you in some Mm -hmm. kind of way. So just to focus on that in our prayer life. So, um, yeah, yeah. How about for you guys? Like in your walk as a Christian, what has been helpful for you about 
prayer, maybe, um, you know, that you've shared with someone else you've been in a discipling relationship with, like just what are some helpful truths or realities about prayer you think are important to get out there? Yeah. I mean, the necessity to do it, it like with the Philippians, if they didn't pray, what would have happened? You know, so it's kind of like, I don't want to, not pray because then what, what is not going to happen that would have happened? And, you know, yeah, we're getting into weird theological stuff here. Of, yeah. Getting into deep waters. Yeah, is God going to accomplish that in some other way? I don't know, but I, you know, it's a blessing that we get to be involved in it in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why would we not pray? Um, I mean, prayer, I, I'm going to go a couple different places. You know, like one of the things you kind of touched on, Todd, sometimes why people don't pray or stop praying is like, oh, God doesn't listen. He doesn't answer my prayers. And, you know, that's not true. God always answers a prayer. Um, I can't remember if it was, I guess it was my pastor back in Kansas City would say, he always says yes, no, or wait. Mm -hmm. You always get an answer. It just may not be. We always, whenever times Christians say that, I'm guilty of it too, of God's not answering my prayers. It means he's not answering them how I want him to Mm -hmm. answer them. Mm -hmm. And that's when we're treating him more as like a vending machine or a a genie that's going to give us exactly what we want. But scripture tells us sometimes we ask for things that we shouldn't be asking for. Mm -hmm. God knows exactly what we need. and, And waiting is part of that or no is part of that, of what we need sometimes. Um, I uh, struggled with God big time in my early 20s. My grandfather, who had served in ministry for 40 plus years, had prostate cancer and had all these procedures done, prostate taken out, chemo, radiation, experimental stuff. And doctors kept telling us he's going to get better, he's going to get better. He he got worse and worse and worse. He eventually passed away from it. And I was really upset at God of, Mm. I, you know, I, I like why why this guy this guy served you faithfully you know we're praying hard everyone in our family's praying for him thousands of people are praying for him because the impact he's had and it, it kept being nope 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 he's he's gonna get worse and eventually passed away but you know it, it's kind of a prayer also God uses situations where you don't see it, it turned out that my my cousin Kyle was not a believer when he thought he was. He just was kind of going through the motions because mm-hmm. everyone else in the family had. And through his frustration at God of our grandfather getting sicker and sicker, he was probably the closest with him, realized, I don't think I have a relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ. And if if our pappy passes away, I'm not going to see him again. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways God answered prayer was not for the healing of my grandfather's cancer, but for the healing of forgiveness of sins and my cousin mm-hmm. Kyle. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather said a couple weeks before he passed that he would absolutely go through the pain of cancer again, knowing that Kyle would be mm-hmm. with him in eternity. And it's like, okay, so sometimes God is answering prayers in ways that, mm-hmm. you know, what I was asking for was the wrong thing. If my grandfather had been healed, I don't know where Kyle's faith would be. Mm-hmm. If if he mm-hmm. would just continue to have gone through the motions because he knew the right Christian things to do because everyone else in our family did, but it wasn't a real personal faith. But because of that trial and because of God's nose, I have no doubt of Kyle's salvation now. Wow. So, you know, it was good that I prayed and, and our family prayed and it was good that God said no. And that's a hard thing to, to reckon and reason with, but it's true. And, you know, I I don't know. I'm kind of off of stuff that has to do with prayer. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like that's where we grow as believers when it's taken out of theory and into actual reality and you had to wrestle with that and you know, God is good and we're never going to know all of fullness of it, but you saw some of that play out. That's 
that's beautiful for me, an eternal view of things. Yeah. So um, I will continue to pray for healings of people. And yep, if God doesn't do it, it doesn't mean he's not a good God. It doesn't mean he's not capable, but he's still, he's answering in some way that maybe we're not seeing the full picture right now. And so there's a, a trust and hope that comes yep. even in those times that it, the answer might be no, or it might yeah. be wait. Yeah, amen. How about, again, something in your life, we could talk about this for literally hours, but something in your life or in the life of other believers, you've had the opportunity to be in relationship with, what are some ways that you've seen helpful to someone grow in their prayer life, right? It can feel kind of daunting. It can feel nebulous in some kind of ways. Mm. How would you help someone encourage them to grow Mm. in his or her prayer life as a Christian? Um, I would say pay attention to those around you who are praying because we learn (laughs) how to pray from other people. Sometimes it's almost comic because, you know, (laughs) everybody's got their go-to phrases and things that they say. But we duplicate those um, when we hear them. And probably the best place to go for duplicating prayers is to the Bible itself. Study the Bible. (laughs) We we see the emphasis on prayer in the Bible because how how often are prayers written out in the scriptures? Often. Yes. A, a, A strange number when we consider that wait, our prayers are our words to God. How are, how are our words to God or the, you know, whoever was doing the writing, how is that God's word to us as mm-hmm. well? Because we imitate people when we pray and God is teaching us how, mm-hmm. how to pray. And so uh, Paul, uh, is there a book of the New Testament that he wrote where he isn't praying some, something, yeah. somehow, some way? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Uh, so uh, study the New Testament. Pro- probably the greatest request the disciples ever made of Jesus was teach us how to pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I love that. Um, as you're in God's word, find yourself praying God's word, right? Like as you're studying God's word in a posture of worship, you can't help but have that turn into prayer. And then you should be praying God's word back to him. Uh, all those type of things. I was going to bring it up at the end, but now's the perfect time. I think we mentioned it uh, in the sermon. There's lots of awesome resources on on prayer. Of course, God's word being first, but I wanted to give four quick kind of plugs and maybe we could throw these in the show notes. So sure. first is Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. Awesome, clear, short book. We'll, we gave these away last year in our book giveaway. We'll give them give more away this year in late October in our church book giveaway, Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. Um, next is A Praying Church by Paul Miller. Kind of approaches prayer more from like a corporate standpoint, but it makes um, a compelling argument about what does prayer look like in the life um, of a local church. Next is a book that Todd recommended to me to support his point, and it's awesome. <laughs> D.A. Carson, Praying with Paul. I mean, it's just awesome. Um, beautiful book. You can hear D.A. Carson's uh, awesome Canadian accent as you read it as well yes. in your mind for those that have listened to him. And then lastly is a book that GBC has engaged with previously. Want to continue to recommend it. Uh, Prayer by uh, Tim Keller, Experiencing on Intimacy with God. Really helpful book that just kind of um, captures the essence of prayer. So if you're wanting to grow in your prayer life, and I hope you are, any of those books would be a great place to start. Maybe even ask a friend at GBC to read it with you and get together and hang out and talk about it. And then also kind of in the life of our church, there's so many ways that prayer is indispensable. Like you'll see that um, by God's grace fleshed out in our church in some ways. Um, And one way that I'd encourage you to get involved with is our monthly prayer meeting that's on Saturday mornings from nine to 10 in the community room. You're welcome to attend. If you can't make it, I get it. 
you know, no scheduling thing works for everybody, but that's a specific and intentional time that we engage with prayer in the life of our church. Um, and then that informs why the service leader prays on Sunday, informs why we have a week of prayer and fasting in the life of our church. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things. So uh, we really want to continue to live into and live out of the truth that um, prayer is indispensable. So, yeah. How about for you guys? Any other things you'd mention, helpful resources, things that come to mind about prayer besides the awesome MC Hammer song we talked about <laughs> before we started recording? Yeah, I don't think we have licensing to play that. No, we didn't. Uh, yeah. We did talk about it. I, yeah, I was just going to say, I know as a kid growing up in the church as a pastor's kid, um, you know, there were certain people that would pray on Sundays that, you know, when I was little, I was like, oh, Bob's praying in service day. This is going to be like a 10 minute <laughs> prayer. Probably in retrospect, it was like five minutes, but it was like, oh, this feels forever. Yeah. Sorry, Bob, if you're listening yeah. to this. Yeah. Bob Harvey's a faithful <laughs> saint of God. He's a good man. Uh, but he, I, I thought like to be a good prayer and you hear the stories of the grandparents that wake up at 4 a.m. and pray for four hours and like, well, I, I can't do that. I'm not a prayer warrior. I'll never do that. And so I just must not be good at this. And for one, we need to not do comparison stuff when it comes to our faith. And, and you know, we're starting to get into some pharisaical legalistic stuff there. Um, just pray, just talk to God. It doesn't have to be four hours a day or, or a certain way. I, th- I think a set time is healthy, but man, I, I feel like a lot of my prayers are just something pops into my head in the middle of driving or walking around cleaning our house or something. And I'll just say a quick two sentence prayer because that person or that thing popped into my head. I don't necessarily stop and I don't go hide in a closet, even though Jesus says you can do that. That's more, don't do it for attention, but just do it right then. Like, or if you tell someone, Hey, I'm going to pray. I want to pray for you about that. Or, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll be praying for you. I often, I don't necessarily pray it out loud with them right there, but I'll do it in my head Hmm. as I'm talking to the person still. And then I'll just do it later. And uh, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, 10 minutes of these and thous to make God actually listen to it. Um, I always think of the story of Elijah versus the prophets of Baal, of which God's going to bring down fire and prophets of Baal go for hours, right? Mm And Elijah's talking trash. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he's sleeping. Cut yourself. Yell louder and he'll hear you. And then when it's Elijah's turn, he says a one sentence prayer and fire comes down from heaven. So it's like, you don't, we don't need necessarily, I'm not saying this of like, so here's your excuse to only pray for one minute a day. But but I think a lot of times we're intimidated of it. I have to pray for 30 minutes or an hour a day to be a mm-hmm. true Christian that prays. And it's, nope, sometimes two sentences is okay. God hears that. And and you're, if your heart is there, if it's not just a checklist, but like you only need two sentences to get to the matter of praying for someone else or thanking God for something that just happened. Uh, and so I feel like my prayer life more is – is that prayer without ceasing of just like as things happen of just saying thank you to God or asking mm-hmm. for something as it happens as opposed to like okay here we go here we go 30 minutes let's do this God of it just is like throughout the day and so I think you can kind of shift your mindset that way of if you recognize it doesn't have to be the most formal thing ever for him to to listen if that makes sense yeah hopefully that's helpful to someone yeah yeah 
and not blaspheme. And Todd's like, actually, no, you do need to go in your closet. <laughs> I mean, that's good too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it is too. If you have a prayer spot and you do it for an hour a day, man, props to you. Do Keep doing that. Don't yeah, stop doing that. Man, it's something I want to keep growing in. I hope our church does, just to echo what you're saying, Jordan, just a few quick things to throw out there. Encourage people. If someone crosses your mind, consider the possibility as a Christian that's not accidental. Yeah, And that's absolutely. the Holy Spirit laying that totally. person on your heart. Pray for them in the moment. Don't let that, you know, go by without leveraging that opportunity in the life of our church. Um, when someone asks for prayer or you say, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Pray for them in the moment. And I'd encourage you to even maybe say a quick prayer out loud in the moment yeah. and just start to practice mm-hmm. that. I just want to make prayer actionable in some kind of ways, not in a like equation, but like, well, let's actually be about it if we say it's indispensable. Um, yeah. And just, I'd encourage us as a church to like pray to grow in prayer and just see what the Lord mm-hmm. does. I mean, that's a pretty cool prayer, somewhat dangerous in some kind of ways, but probably in a good kind of way. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, anything else come to mind? You guys would just want to throw it out on the table. If not, it's okay. I just always want to ask. One book that's been really helpful to me is The Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just, we we tend to imitate people when we pray. And those are pretty good folk to imitate. Amen to that. (laughs) So I'll throw that one out there too. That's good. I usually like one one page of that one prayer a day for me Mm -hmm. comes from that. Wow, that's cool. How long have you been doing that for? Out of curiosity, a oh, couple weeks now. No, okay. <laughs> hey, that's good too. Uh, yeah. uh, Day three, know, 10, 10 years or fifteen really? years, 20, 15, wow. 20 years, maybe. That's awesome. Cool. Todd. That's awesome. I'll put that in the show notes too. Yes. Um, one last thing for those that have been at GBC for a while, you've heard this, so forgive me for reiterating it. But the member directory is a prayer tool. Mm. It's not Excellent. a. Um, MLM contact to sell stuff. It is something in your <laughs> devotional life to pray for your fellow members of GBC. So I'd encourage you, whatever your devotional life looks like, have the member directory on your phone, print it out, whatever with you and pray for your fellow members by name. And you'll be amazed at what that does for your affection, for your brothers and sisters in Christ at GBC, and that you're actually praying for real people, not just in theory. So member directory, great way to lean into um, having prayer be indispensable in your life. So, all right. Yep. Thanks for um, listening to this today. If this brings up any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, feel free to reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. All right. Until next time. Love you, GBC. Bye.